So we're living in a time, right, where we're advised to keep six feet apart from one another because we're plagued by a highly contagious and potentially deadly virus. So the medical experts say that in this season of life, not forever, but in this season of life, we ought to keep at least six feet away from others. And I, I think by and large, people get it. I think by and large, people understand. We understand that for the safety of one another, for the time being, we'll serve one another by keeping the distance, and wearing the masks, and doing whatever it takes to keep one another safe. However, just because we have to physically distance ourselves, it doesn't mean that we can't live with no space between us, which is what we've been talking about for this whole series. And what's Paul, it's what Paul's been communicating throughout the conclusion of his letter to the Galatians. Paul is teaching that the gospel not only impacts our eternal standing, which it does, the gospel is our hope and redemption. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sin, we have new life, and our eternity is secured in the presence of God. But along with all of those truths, the gospel also has right now implications. And among the implications is how we as followers of Jesus treat others. This includes how we relate to our neighbors, and how we relate to our co-workers, how we relate to our friends and our family, and especially our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, like we spoke about last week. And as we dig into today's passage, I want you guys just to ponder right there in your seat. Think back into the most meaningful relationships in your life. The relationships that really matter. Think about those people in your life that had the most influence. Maybe it was a, a good friend. Maybe it was a mom or dad, a parent. Maybe it was a coach or a mentor. Chances are that this person or group of people that you're thinking about right now, these group of people were influential and helpful in your life because they really helped you. They invested in you. They lifted your spirits. Maybe they made you feel special. And they gave you attention. Or they gave you that advice that you needed at the right time. And they gave an investment into your life that you truly needed. Uh, for me, that person, the person that comes into my mind is Pastor Taylor Field. I have a picture of him on the screen. You may or may not know him. He pastors Graffiti Church in the Lower East Side in, in the city. And for me, he's been a personal mentor and coach, a spiritual advisor and a friend uh, to me for the past three years. He's prayed for me. He's, he asks questions, but not the superficial surface level questions. He actually cares about me. He cares about my marriage and he cares about my family. He's asked me difficult questions about Sabbath. Danny, are you taking any days off? Are you resting? He's cared about our financial stability. Not just the church and the viability of the church. It's like, Danny, you and your family. Are you guys able to eat? Are you guys okay? And he was an advocate. And he spoke life into me. And he believed things about me 
that honestly I didn't even believe about myself. If you've ever had someone like that in your life, then you know how influential. And if you've had someone like that in your life, I don't know very much about who that person is or about them, but I do know this. I'm positive that they weren't influential in your life because they were selfish, self-centered, or egotistical. I'm pretty sure that that person or those, that group of people that you're thinking of, they were special because they didn't make it all about themselves. They made it about you. And they helped you if and when you needed it the most. Today, as we look at the text, I want us to see what I believe are a few key ingredients to how we can live with no space between us. And how can we provide the same level of relationship to one another, especially at a time when we're supposed to be physically distant because like I mentioned earlier, just because we're six feet apart doesn't mean that we can't live with no space between us. So, what does it mean to live with no space between us as we wrap up this series? Number one, you know, it's living with no space between us means you care for the interest of others more than your own. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13 again. Those who want to make a good impression in the flesh are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised. But only to avoid being what? What's the word right there? Being persecuted. Persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves, and yet they want you to be circumcised in order to what? In order to? Boast about, to boast about your flesh. In these couple of verses, we gain a lot of insight into exactly why these false teachers and religious leaders were teaching what they were to the believers in Galatia. If you remember, the book of Galatians is actually a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul in order to correct the false teaching that was being introduced to the church there. And the teaching stated that in order to truly be saved, in addition to the cross of Christ, you also had to follow some specific Old Covenant rituals. And specifically, they camped on circumcision. So the real reason why they attempted to infiltrate the church with this teaching was first because they wanted to avoid persecution. The people being persecuted for their faith were followers of Jesus, the Christians. The genuine followers of Jesus were being persecuted for their faith. They were persecuted both by the Roman government and also by devout Jews. So by proclaiming circumcision, they were able to appease both sides and in turn avoid any sort of consequences or persecution because of their faith. Secondly, they wanted to boast. Paul says they wanted to embed this teaching so that they could essentially, essentially brag about how many, uh, how, about the number of disciples that they had under their belt. It was simply a scheme to rope in as many people as possible in order to make, you know, make it to outreach's top 100 fastest growing churches or uh, to the religious version of Forbes top pastors of 2021. That's what they were trying to do. So get this, their reasons for preaching this message had nothing to do with the interest of the believers in Galatia, but had everything to do with their own interest. Ultimately, the reasons were all selfish, self-seeking, and cowardly. It's the exact opposite of everything that we see in the life of Jesus and what we learn in the gospel. The gospel teaches us that we ought to deny ourselves 
The gospel shows us that as Jesus sacrificially served, we should consider others as more important and also sacrificially serve. As Jesus courageously picked up his cross, we too courageously pick up our cross and follow Jesus, regardless of how the rest of the world perceives us and the consequences that that might bring. And that's exactly what Paul taught in Philippians when he wrote the following. Would you guys read this verse, these two verses out loud with me? Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 should be on the screen there. Already go. Do nothing, Do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as, as more important than, than yourself. Everyone should look not to his, his own interests, but rather, rather to the interests of others. Amen. Now, if yes. we want to live with no space between us, then we have to care for the interests of others more than our own. But of course, this is difficult because we all have selfish tendencies. Our sinful flesh desires to elevate our own selves above everybody else. And if we're not careful, we'll allow the sin, very same sinful and selfish motives to run our lives. This prevents us from genuinely caring for others. But living with no space between us means that we care more about others' interests more than our own. Regardless of how we may look to others, we don't do it for rewards or accolades or, or plaques, or awards. Living with no space between us means that we love our brother or sister in Christ enough to put our own selfish desires aside in order to serve their needs. Living with no space between us, number two, means that we care about the spiritual transformation of others. We care about the spiritual transformation of others. Look at verse 15. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a what? What are the next two words? Is a new creation. New creation. <clears throat> That's what matters. And Paul is saying here that neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything. The most important thing is that a person is made a new creation by the power of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that this is the most important decision that anyone can make in their life. Listen, more important than what major to take up in college. More important than what career path to choose. More important than who will be your spouse. Perhaps because this decision is so important that it will directly impact all the other decisions in your life. This decision is so important that the Bible says it's a matter of life or death. That when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you are made new. And you go from spiritually dead in your sin and trespasses to made alive in Christ, is what the Bible says. And this is what Paul taught elsewhere in his letter to the Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Would you guys read this one with me as well? Ready, go. Therefore, Therefore if, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, Christ he is a new creation. creation. The old, the old man has passed, passed away, away and see the, the new, new has come. So it's no wonder that Paul would tell us here in order to live with no space between us, we should be concerned about the spiritual transformation of others. In other words, we should be concerned with whether or not those that we care about and those that are around us have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And are they living in their faith? And are they walking? Are they growing in their walk with Christ? Think about this now. In your life, 
the most meaningful impact in your spiritual journey? It probably came from a person who genuinely cared about you and was truly desiring and eager to see spiritual transformation in your life. Think about that person. Think about the person that first shared the gospel with you. Maybe it was your mom or your dad. Maybe it was a pastor or maybe it was a friend at school. That person genuinely longed to see the gospel take root in your life and bring about transformation. Or how about that person or the group of people that desire to study God's word with you? Or answer any questions that you had about the Bible? Or who taught you how to pray and pray with you? Who spent time with you to hear your concerns and to offer you godly counsel? That person or that group of people really cared about your spiritual growth and transformation. What if we took the posture of caring for one another's spiritual transformation? What if we took that upon ourselves as a personal responsibility that for my church family, for my friends, for my neighbors, I am going to care, of course, for their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, but especially and most importantly, for their spiritual growth and transformation. How do we live with no space between us and care for one another spiritually? That's easy. Think about all the ways that you were personally served by others and do the same. Maybe it's personal prayers over the phone. Maybe it's studying the Bible in the living room or over a cup of coffee or a slice of pizza. Maybe it's providing time and space just to talk through life's issues. How do we live with no space between us? Number three, don't simply state but demonstrate a genuine walk with Jesus. Verse 17 says this, From now on, let no one cause me trouble because I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Here's what's interesting about Paul. Like an old vet sitting on a rocking chair telling his grandchildren old war stories, Paul is able to lift up his sleeves and, and roll up his pant legs to show the marks and the scars and the bruises of all the beatings that he endured for the sake of following Jesus. You see, unlike today, at least for us, for Paul, following Jesus meant that he was endangering his own well-being. His life and his freedom were put on the line for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's one of the greatest evidences that we have for the faith, is that we can clearly see in the early Christians, all the early Christians, the early church experienced similar persecution, and many of them were martyred. Who would give their life for a lie? Paul's dedication to Jesus literally left marks across his body. Just like superheroes, if anybody here likes to watch DC and Marvel shows, Melissa and I love to watch uh, these type of shows. Have you ever seen like the Green Arrow or Daredevil? Whenever they go and they fight the enemy, they go back home or they go back to their lair to get stitched up. And all across their body, you see the scars and the wounds which proved their dedication to their city or to their loved ones and to justice. The proof is in the pudding. And Paul had the proof of backing up what he preached. 
There's something to be said at the end of the day when we don't simply talk the talk, but we walk the walk. The only thing that will distinguish us from anyone else or other religions or other ideologies or other beliefs is that the gospel is true. And it is so true that it actually impacts and affects how we live our lives. If we're going to live with no space between us, we have to put feet to what we say we believe. And at the end of the day, when your life is over, you won't be known simply for what you've said, but what you did, and the life and the legacy that you left behind. And this is why your theology can only be as deep as your life is practical. That is practically living out the implications of the gospel. Otherwise, all you have is knowledge. And that doesn't do a thing to draw you closer to God and make you more like Jesus. And James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this, James chapter 1, verse 22. Would you guys read this verse? This, this is the last verse for the day. Read it out loud with me. Ready, go. But don't but just listen, listen to, to God's word. You must, you must do, do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. Paul had scars. What distinctions do you have to show a genuine walk with Jesus? I don't mean you need to have literal scars on your body like Paul did, but what is different about you than any other person who isn't a follower of Jesus? And can, others, can others notice that about you? Can your brother or sister in Christ say, yes, the work of Christ is evident in their life? Living with no space between us means that we don't simply yes and amen the passages such as the ones that we've studied over the past few months, but to truly to get to a place where we're living with no space between us is that we actually take God seriously of what he says, so much so that we put it into practice. So I'm going to invite Hunter to come up here. He's going to lead us in one final song. And, uh, and as he does, I'm going to invite you to partake in communion. This is when we remember the work of Christ on the cross. His blood shed, his body broken, just so that we can be offered God's gift of grace, forgiveness of sin, and new life. So as you partake in communion, consider this. Jesus loves you. I mean like he truly loves you. And I know this because like Paul, he has the scars to prove it. When Jesus appeared to Doubting Thomas days after his resurrection, Thomas needed proof. So Jesus tells him, Look at my nail-scarred hands and feet. Look at the hole on my side where the Roman soldier pierced my flesh with a spear. Those are the scars of a God who loves you so much that he would enter your mess and take the very wrath of God upon himself and take the penalty that you deserve and die in your place. And then to prove the extent of his love for you, he conquers Satan's sin and death and rises from the grave so that the Bible says, whoever believes in him will experience forgiveness of sin, newness of life, and the promise of eternity with our heavenly all this is available to anyone who would put their faith in Jesus. Have you? Have you put your faith in Jesus?
you're invited to today. Jesus died in our place so that we could live with no space between us, between us and God. Reconcile our relationship to God the Father because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we acknowledge that we are selfish creatures, often putting our own desires, wants, and needs above others. And so, God, I pray that we might have a shift in our mind and attitudes. Help us care for the interests of others before our own. God, as, as we were invested in, help us invest in the spiritual transformation of one another. As we were prayed over, empower us to pray over one another. As we were taught the scriptures, help us to study the scriptures with one another. As we were encouraged, help us encourage one another. God, I pray that we might be faithful to bear the scars of our faith. That we would walk the walk. God, we thank you for the nail-scarred hands. And the proof of the extent of Jesus' love for us. So God, I pray. Lord, as we've been studying Galatians 6 asking ourselves the question, how do we live with no space between us? Even in a world where we're supposed to be physically distanced from one another. I pray, God, that by your power, by your Holy Spirit, that we may be able to model that and show that to one another. And extend that sort of grace and love and relationship to one another. God, we need your Spirit's power. God, we need you. We can't do it on our own. We pray this in Jesus' name.